0: Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast. I'm your host Glenn. Every week I explore something unexplained, talk about what it is and look at what else it could possibly be. Research is done as academically as possible and references will be given after the stories. This week I'm looking at the Phoenix Lights. In March 1997, the sky over Phoenix, Arizona was lit up by a group of lights. Anyone who looked up into the night sky was spooked to see a set of orbs moving in formation across the sky. From 7 p.m. on March 13th, people began to call their local law enforcement and a second reporting hotline specifically for UFOs to report a large craft passing overhead. According to the National UFO Reporting Center, they received their first call around 8.15pm from a retired police officer in Paulden, Arizona. Paulden is about two hours north of Phoenix. The police officer reported seeing a set of reddish lights arranged in a V formation. Over the next few days, reports continued to come in all of the reports were about multiple lights in the sky. Some reports said that the lights were shaped like a boomerang, and other reports said that the lights were moving around and looked like fireballs with tails. Air traffic controllers at Sky Harbor International Airport told reporters and UFO investigators that they hadn't actually seen anything on their radar. Ron Rieger, A veteran researcher with the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON, and a former engineer with Boeing and Northrop Grumman, said that he was part of the team that had helped to develop the Defence Support Program Satellites, or DSP. The DSP are a series of satellites that can sense infrared. This sense helps to detect the launch of missiles, space shuttles, and nuclear detonations. Riga said that he still received DSP reports every 60 days. According to an interview that Riga gave, he received a phone call from a colleague that the DSP had picked up an object over Southeast Nevada. It had traveled until the signal became too weak, causing the object to be lost over Tucson, Arizona. Stories began to come in of sightings from northwestern Arizona from at least three hours before the Phoenix sightings. Some of these reports said that the lights seemed to float before speeding up and disappearing. The addition of these sightings allowed UFO experts to create a timeline of where the lights were. They had begun in north Arizona and drifted over the evening towards the south of Arizona. The story didn't get picked up by the press until around June 1997. USA Today released an article on it and the mystery was picked up worldwide. Arizona's governor held a press conference to talk about it and his chief of staff came in dressed as an alien. The governor told the press that they were taking the story too seriously. Eventually, the military took responsibility for the lights stating that they were military flares that had been dropped during some nighttime exercises. This, of course, was debated by the UFO community who believed it was something else. Frances Barwood was driving home along Highway 51 when the lights appeared in the sky. She was busy paying attention to the road and didn't see them. She was a Phoenix City Councilwoman and took several calls from curious constituents. Barwood was intrigued by the calls, and decided she needed more information. She called for an investigation into the lights. Instead of a serious investigation, Barwood was ridiculed. She didn't assume the lights were UFOs, even though the media said she did. The investigation was meant to look into the cause of the lights using government agencies to help. At the time, Barwood believed it was a more logical solution, but in a more recent interview, she suggests that her belief has changed and that she thinks there may be other intelligent life out there. It turns out that it wasn't the only time the lights had been seen. Lynn Kitay had seen them before. In 1995, she had seen them in Paradise Valley, Arizona, and she'd seen them only two months before the March sighting. This time she wanted to get video footage. When she spotted the lights, she ran inside to get her video camera. By the time she got back outside, only three of the lights were visible. It didn't matter to her, she recorded what she could see, and that footage became one of the seminal recordings that is shown any time a video about the Phoenix Lights is made. Lynn Kite had been a respected physician before that night. She quit her job at the Arizona Heart Institute in order to devote herself to the investigation of the Phoenix Lights. She spent seven years trying to figure out what the lights are and what they wanted. Those seven years ended with 750 pages of notes. These notes involved interviews with experts, UFO investigators and witnesses. To her, it's never been about an answer. Kate is after the data. She wanted to present the information. Some people have told her it's a hoax and that she's wasting her time. She's taking no offence to it. In the case of the Flares, Lieutenant Colonel Ed Jones insists that he piloted one of the four A-10 planes that had launched the Flares into the sky over Arizona. In an interview in 2007, he said that he couldn't believe that the decision to drop leftover Flares had caused such a large amount of interest. He said that he and his colleagues were flying over Southwest Arizona on the last night of Operation Snowbird, dropping flares to light up the sky. They just didn't realise that they would be causing such an uproar. On the way back to Tucson, Jones reminded his team to eject their leftover flares because it was easier to rid the planes of them instead of unloading them on landing. One of the planes had around 10 flares left and dropped them all off with a few seconds between. When the group looked behind themselves, they could see a line of evenly spaced flares stretching out behind them, each being held up by a parachute. The flares were bright, and the heat from them was catching in the parachutes and causing the flares to hover in the air. Not thinking anything of it, the planes returned to their base in Maryland. It wasn't until several weeks later that they found out about the lights. When the news reached Maryland, Jones knew what he'd done that night. However, it wasn't until July that the Maryland Air National Guard came forward with the flare story. The cause of the lights is still debated, but people are still researching and releasing their own notes on the incident. Lynn Kitay's investigation and 750 pages of notes got condensed down into a 222-page book called The Phoenix Lights, We Are Not Alone. The decision to publish was a difficult one for Kite, who had remained anonymous for seven years while she researched. She was worried that it would open her up to ridicule because of the ideas presented in the research. The research helped Kite discover that she had a wide acceptance of things that she couldn't explain. The book itself gave way to a documentary of the same name, but she's not the only one to research extensively. Bobby Brewer was affected profoundly by the lights. He was going southbound on Highway 51 at the time and had to pull over to watch the lights because he was so mesmerized. The experience gave him a newfound respect for people who had reported sightings, encounters, or even abductions. He later went on to write UFOs, Seven Things You Should Know. He has done his own research, but remains unsure of what he saw that night. He's happy for it to remain a mystery to him as well. The Phoenix lights lit up the sky across Arizona one night in 1997. It's been 25 years and we still don't know what they were. wouldn't be a mystery if there weren't any theories about it. The Phoenix lights are no different to any other mystery. Let's look at those theories. The first theory today is that the lights came from planes. According to a news article from 1998, the mystery was explained as just planes. This theory states that the lights disappearing were because the planes flew past the peaks of the Sierra Estrella mountains. The issue with this explanation is that Sky Harbor International Airport hadn't recorded anything in the sky. The DSP satellites had though, which makes the whole situation more confusing. The next theory is that the lights were the flares dropped from the planes. From the correct angle, slowly falling flares could possibly look like lights slowly moving across the sky, but that only works on a single angle. There's absolutely no way it would look like that from every angle. It's possible, but I don't think there would be all that many reports of mysterious lights if it was the flares. Another theory is that the lights were actually an alien spacecraft. The most popular of the theories, it suggests that Phoenix and other parts of Arizona were visited by an alien spacecraft that moved slowly across the night sky. The DSP satellites picked it up as it moved, but airports couldn't pick it up because of the alien nature of the craft. However, it's also possible that it isn't a UFO. The lights are the only visible thing and they don't reveal anything behind them. The possibility of stealth technology is there, but surely that would have done something to the lights. Today's final theory is that the lights were a hoax, which sounds odd since there's so much evidence and there were so many calls about them, but there is an explanation. The lights had been seen again in 2008, something i didn't touch upon because most of the information revolves around the 1997 sightings two days after the story broke in the news a local tv station aired a confession from an anonymous hoaxer he said that he had tied road flares to helium balloons and launched them into the air in one minute increments it lines up that it could be a hoax The formation and the movement would be consistent with the video evidence of the light. The lights moved like they're independent, lending to the idea that the lights weren't part of something larger. They also moved eastward, which was the direction the wind was going in. We also know that the airport didn't record any crafts in the air, and balloons don't register as aircrafts. The way the lights disappeared also line up with the hopes theory. The lights didn't zoom away, nor did they suddenly just blink out altogether. Eyewitnesses confirmed that they winked out one by one after around half an hour. Apparently, a neighbour saw the flares being lit and the balloons being released. If that's true, then it could have been the case in 1997 as well. I don't think it is, though but it's not for me to decide. In 1997 and 2008, mysterious lights appeared in the sky for half an hour. Plenty of people saw them, but nobody knows what they were. story from this episode came from a vice article called 23 years later the phoenix lights are still unexplained and an arizona central article called phoenix lights the valley's most famous ufo story theories from this episode came from a phoenix new times article called the phoenix lights are no mystery and a live science article called mysterious phoenix lights a ufo hoax references for the episode and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at speaking of social media links to those and other ways to listen are in the episode description under my link tree you can currently find me on facebook and instagram patreon is getting an upload of one of the transcripts each week as part of the three pound tier The link to the Patreon is also on the Linktree and, as before, you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month, and I'll find something extra special for the people that do. I do have an email set up on the Linktree, but it doesn't open a new email, so that's in the description of the episode too. Send me your spooky stories, unexplained events, and anything else you want me to read out. Or, if you have any corrections or issues with things that I've said, Let me know, and I'll address them as soon as I see the email. The next creature feature will be out on Saturday, and next week's episode comes out on July 6th, so hold on.